You're listening to For the Readers. For September 24th, 2023, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, Proper 20, Matthew 21 through 16. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You too go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. I want to begin by inviting us to consider how we felt as we experienced hearing this parable read to us. If you can't remember or you're not sure, take a moment, restart the podcast and listen to the gospel reading a few more times, or simply pause it now and ponder. Don't worry, we'll wait. With this parable, Jesus invites us to consider human effort and divine generosity and the space they share. And he's speaking profoundly towards our modern, consumptive Western lives, especially where our material lives, which are typically well-resourced and abundant, mingle into our overall dissatisfaction with our life. Loneliness in what appears to be connected lives, our destructive habit of comparison, and a nagging sense of scarcity. And evincing topics like our material possessions, wages, needs, wants, generosity when we receive it, generosity when others receive it, and we don't. So, what did you feel? Who in the parable did you most identify with? Are you a worker who is in early and they're late? Are you somewhere in between? Are you the last the marginalized? Are you able to identify with the worker? Does your mind split into a blue collar or white collar? Are you happy about how the wage situation is handled? Most importantly, 
what did this parable reveal to you about yourself? And I'm specifically wondering what you felt after having experienced hearing this parable being read to you by me. What effect did how I read this text have on you? And I'm asking to remind us that as we proclaim this gospel reading in our communities, the kind of work it does or does not do, how life-giving or deadly it will or will not be, will have some connection to how it is that we read it. I offer that it will be most life-giving if we read it mindful of two things. One, that this is gospel. It's good news. That's what this reading is definitionally. It's good news about God for all humanity. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace, goodwill amongst people. This parable, these words are good news. We want to read it that way. Second, it's most life-giving as we read it mindful that those who hear this good news will hear it mediated through our voice with all of our distinctiveness, our scars and triumphs, our joy and pain, where we've been transformed by Christ's grace and where we're still awaiting resurrection. The question here is, how will we distinctively bring the good news of Jesus Christ in our voice to our community? You know, when we read the gospel, we say at the beginning, the good news of Jesus Christ, according to whichever gospel reader we're reading from. But when we say that, what we really mean or what people really experience is the good news of Jesus Christ, according to whichever gospel writer we're reading from, in the voice of whoever's reading. What you heard when I read at the beginning is the good news of Jesus Christ, according to Matthew in the voice of Daniel. If we read it with those two things in mind, that it's good news fundamentally, and that we have something beautiful that we can impart to and with this good news as we read it as good news, as we've experienced it, as we've tasted it. Okay. Okay, let's explore the gospel reading just uh, a little further here. So we begin talking about the kingdom of heaven. This is a a phrase that is particular to Matthew in the New Testament. Other places, the equivalent is the kingdom of God. And it's likely a tip to Matthew being written to a Jewish audience who is more particular about when and where and how they use the word God. And uh, Matthew, in his gospel, he uses the phrase kingdom of heaven 32 times. So, what is, whatever is meant by the kingdom of heaven is worth our consideration, worth our serious consideration. And instead of coming to us with a, a definition, maybe I would suggest we simply understand that what kingdom of heaven is, is central to what Jesus is doing and saying. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus is all about. Even think about the prayer Jesus teaches his disciples. Your kingdom come, your kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're looking for the kingdom to come on earth as the kingdom exists in heaven, or it's the coming of the kingdom of heaven to earth. And we think of Jesus's words, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. So we're talking about this, this, this is about the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, this conversation about the kingdom of heaven is set in agricultural terms, which is perfect because if we go all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis, the humans are set in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delight, as gardeners to work and serve and to guard and keep the life that God has created and placed in that spot. So Jesus here in the story is tying us back into Genesis and into the original vocation of humans to be tenders of life, to be those who work and serve and guard and keep all that God's made, from the plants to the animals, from the least to the great, from me and to you. And... Agriculture is an expression of mutuality between God and humanity, where God and humanity are cooperating in the flourishing of life that comes. God sends the rain and the sun and sets within the soil and the seeds to do the things that soil and seeds do, and then the humans tend it. The humans learn how deep to plant the seed, how much water to allow it, whether it should be planted in a spot that gets much sun or little. There's a mutuality between God and humanity where we cooperate in the flourishing of life around us, where God does God's part and humans do human part. And we specifically find ourselves within a vineyard, and the vineyard then lands us into a conversation that the kingdom of heaven is about a feast because vineyards are where we grow grapes, and grapes are how we make wine. And this wine of the kingdom of heaven is the best vintage is the very life of God. Jesus took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I also hear the words of St. Ignatius in the, um, the prayer, the hymn, the Anima Christi. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Now, we see here that the landowner is the initiator of all of the things that are happening. The landowner initiates and invites. God is the initiator and the inviter to us all, for us all. In this kingdom of heaven, God is the most responsible one. Do we have a role in the kingdom of heaven? Yes to show up, to say yes, to go into the vineyard, to labor, to work and serve, to guard and keep. But it's God who initiates and it's God who invites. And I wonder if you noticed, God goes out at dawn. The landowner goes out at dawn, goes back at 9 a.m., again at noon, again at 3, again at 5, and is continually inviting humans in, into this great vocation of making the best vintage of wine creation's ever seen, of making it with God. See the perpetual calling of God to God's beloved image bearers? Maybe you've overslept on God's invitation in your life. Maybe you've overslept several times and several times over. It's never too late. It's never too late. And with the psalmist and the author of Hebrews, we hear these words, while it's never too late, also today when you hear his voice, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. God is perpetually calling all of God's beloved image bearers into the vineyard to work with him in mutuality, to work and care, to guard and keep, to serve. 
And have you and if you've ever overslept on the invitation, it's not too late, but when you hear the voice today, don't harden your heart. Now, we get through this list and we get down to the group at five o'clock, and it's a different situation than all the other ones. The call at dawn, nine AM noon, and three PM, God's invitation into the vineyard is similar. God simply says, Come, and they come. When we find ourselves at the invitation at five PM at the very end of the day, the landowner, who is God, asks a question. Why are you here? Why are you still here? Why aren't you in the, why aren't you working? Why aren't you in a field? Why aren't you in another field? And the response is heartbreaking. No one has hired us. I imagine that they're late to where the laborers gather because they anticipate no one hiring them. They think something is wrong with them and their life experience with other humans seems to confirm it. Or maybe they were told something was wrong with them, that they were no good, and they've begun to believe it. And so why would they bother getting up early and getting there to wait all day just to be rejected? Or maybe these are those who are lame and don't think they would be much good to God. These last ones, these ones at 5 p.m., these ones that come in late, these ones that are asked the question, why are you standing here idle? In them we see that the kingdom of heaven is quite unlike any kingdom of earth. That the last are invited in. I want to close by considering that question Jesus has the landowner who is God asking the hearers of this parable. Are you envious because I am generous? It would seem to me that Christ is aiming to unearth any of the places in the hearer of this parable where the generosity of God is opposed because the kingdom of heaven is fundamentally generous. It's generous because God invites us to work in mutuality with God. It's generous because what we're making is wine. What we're making is for a feast. It's generous because God initiates and invites us in and does it perpetually over and over all throughout all the days of our lives. It's generous because it's never too late that today when we hear God's voice for the first, second, tenth, seventieth time, we cannot harden our hearts and we can listen. We can make room. It's generous because all are invited. Are you envious because of God's generosity? Part of us being open to this kingdom of heaven that is infinitely generous is us admitting our inner poverty. So I want to close by reading Matthew's telling of the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, 
for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You're listening to For the Readers, a podcast to invest in all those readers of Scripture, especially those proclaiming the gospel in their faith communities. Each week, we'll read the gospel text as set out by the Revised Common Lectionary and then offer what may be beneficial and formational for the reader. All this to offer greater familiarity and a deeper interconnection with the Scripture which is transforming us into a more fertile ground for the Spirit to be transforming us and our community further into Christ-likeness. May we have the mind of Christ.